Hello, everyone, and welcome to One Control Port Podcast, episode 199. I'm Benjamin Yoder, here today, talking about video games. Been actually a little busy this week, and in a good way as well. I've actually been playing some video games. Um, did get the co-op stuff out of the way first. Uh, went ahead and finished up Portal Knights with my, with my group of friends that I was playing that with. Um, one of those games that just does not really have a very um, satisfying ending. You more or less just kind of fight a boss and then there's just a uh, screen, like a set, a set of art that, that goes across screen and kind of gives you a, a text dump that's like, oh, you know, you saved the world from the Hollow Knight, but, uh, you know, secretly there was other stuff going on and this is just one part of the portal night fight or something like that. So, you know, it's kind of underwhelming in that regard. Uh, but you know, that wasn't a game that was like about story, right? I literally had no idea what was going on story-wise in portal night, other than the fact that, uh, there were things called the hollow and they showed up on maps as like enemies in that game. It's kind of interesting because these hollow soldiers in that game, they actually have the ability to transform other monsters. So what happens is you're like trying to do a quest or, or trying to get dropped, something like that. And if one of those hollow knights are there, you just need to like basically bum rush them as fast as possible because if they get a chance to transform the other enemy into another hollow knight then um it will basically cause them to to not be able to drop the things because they you're fighting another hollow knight now rather than that enemy type and on some islands where you have particular quests that ask you to kill a certain number of enemies or get a certain number of drops um, it basically makes it so you can't complete that quest while you're while you're on the island at that time um so it's something that Kind of gets in the way of timed missions specifically. Like if you only have like 20 minutes to complete a quest, um, it can be challenging if you, if you, you know, basically have all your resources dried up. We did find, um, there's one quest where you could fight these skeletons like at the top of this orb kind of thing. We went and killed them all. And then uh, we only had about half of what we needed to kill those skeletons. And so we're like, okay, let's try reloading the area and then see if that like respawns all the monsters. But it seems like it doesn't actually. It seems like there, there, some monsters in that game are just on a like global timer that even if you leave the area and come back, they won't be there. So you have to like wait a particular period of time until they actually show up again. So unfortunately we weren't able to finish that mission because there's only like, I think five minutes it's left in the mission and then by the time we had killed everything we're like ah, there's nothing here for us to finish this mission with so we tried reloading it nothing was there still so we, we ended up failing it but you know a lot of those quests in that game are just kind of extra exp for leveling and things like that so it's not really a big deal anyways portal knights um i think we're gonna play a little bit longer mainly for uh trophy grinding with other people in the group uh i think i'm pretty much done with portal knight so i'll probably stick around another like you know night or two maybe uh, to, to try to, you know, just play along along with it. But I think I kind of done everything I wanted to in that game. I built like this weird, not weird. I mean, it's, it's probably the most normal thing you could do in like a Minecraft style game, right? Like instead of building up, I, I basically built down. I made like a weird bunker. Weird again. Why am I saying weird? <laughs> but I made like a bunker essentially and just put like a bunch of statues I stuff found in, found in the game and, and, and basically populated with a bunch of garbage. Um, it's kind of nice in that game because there are like pre-made objects. So it's easier to just kind of plop stuff down and, and like design stuff, you know, if you're not artistically minded i guess would maybe be the right word like i feel like in minecraft i only ever see like you know pixel art and things like that i don't really see things that are like visually pleasing designs that they just you can just kind of like drop in the map that the game already has it's like here's this blocky thing and you can put it together to make something that looks nice uh in the case of portal knights there's like here's a statue you can just drop it there and it's just a statue obviously you get to choose where it goes where it's facing and things like that but yeah portal knights that is a video game you can indeed play um i do not 
love it or anything. It just is fine enough. <laughs> I feel that way about um, t- some of the other like games we've played before. It's like there's nothing wrong with playing it, and I enjoyed them for the most part, but it just like doesn't really stand out. Um, Ruby actually. There's like a action RPG Ruby game. I forget what it's called. Grim Eclipse or something like that. We played that a while ago. And there's actually a Switch re-release coming out in the next, uh, I think uh, I think it's the next couple months on Switch. I played it on PlayStation 4. And that was just like a game that when I think back, I'm like, that was a good game for just like playing an action RPG for like a night or two with a group of friends and not having to commit to like a six month uh, escapade of, of playing God Eater, right? I feel like Portal Knights fits into that that space of just like, hey, if you want to just have a good time for a couple weeks with some friends, this this will facilitate that need. So so yeah, speaking of good times with a couple friends, Final Fantasy 15 Comrades. The greatest time you could have with any friends playing comrades. Um, um, I played a little bit more of that with my, my friends this week, and I think what's what the big difference is right now is that I am looking to kind of rework my my weapons. So I, I think I talked about this last time a little bit, but I found out how you're supposed to level up weapons in that game. The game doesn't do a very good job of telling you, or at least I don't recall it doing a very good job of telling me what you should do. Basically, each weapon has a set of stats, and then to upgrade it, you need to level up uh, particular stats on the weapon. So you feed it like materials and things like that, and I'll upgrade the weapons like ice resistance or, or attack power. And depending on um, the, the weapon, you want to upgrade it to a upgrade like a particular stat to a minimum number. So the one I was working on, I was doing it on my mage, so I was doing, doing mostly gear that was focused around casting spells. So the one I was working on required me to get like 50 ice resistance. So I defeated a bunch of like ice items and things like that. And then at that point I could make it like, you know, I could then upgrade things that are more in line with what I want to do in terms of like, you know, adding additional magic stats and things like that. There definitely seems to be like a, a science to upgrading those weapons because each piece of, of material you feed it, like give it different stats. So you can kind of customize what you want to do. Like if you want to make an ice casting weapon that just like load it with strength for i don't know some reason you probably make a bad weapon doing that but you could do that uh the game gives you the flexibility to do that um but i don't think the game is demanding enough to really require you to be too um you know tuned into that right i I don't think you really have to go out of your way to to maximize your gear but i don't know we'll see i'm still having trouble with the end game content because uh it really seems like it's built for you to be doing it with four other people and i don't know anyone um or i don't personally know anybody who's level 40 right now um i could go into the final fantasy 15 discord and see if i can gather some people there but i don't know i feel a little weird getting carried by people who are like level 100 or something like that right like that's not particularly challenging (laughs) it'd be like okay please help me just like basically bulldoze the rest of this game um so yeah i think i'm just gonna start with focusing on upgrading weapons though i think i'm gonna work on that maybe try some of those missions solo again and see how that goes um and and see how uh, yeah see how that goes and then i also played through battle and wonder world i went and picked up a copy this week um on friday i think that's the day it came out i went to a a best buy because that was the it was it was interesting actually so i hadn't really gone and picked up a physical copy of a game on release in a long time i i i I used to do that a lot when I was younger, obviously, because online services weren't really what they were. You couldn't really, you know, buy games and get them very quickly, usually um, through like Amazon or something like that. But uh, I remember back when I lived in Georgia, one of the challenges I had, and this may be specifically being on the East Coast kind of thing. I don't know if this is still an issue or if it was just something back then or what. But usually it would take like a few days for a game to release on the uh, on the uh, 
East Coast, or at least like a game would come out, and then I feel like it would take like three to four days before I could actually find a copy on a shelf somewhere. You know, maybe I just had bad luck or or, or something. But uh, it was uh, it was something that I remember having having problems with when I was younger. Um, and and so I wasn't like I don't know if this is still a problem with physical copies. Like I remember they would try to like pre ship games in some cases. That and I live on the West Coast now, and I assume these games copies are shipping from the West Coast. I don't know if that's true, but uh, I, w- I would assume so. Anyways, but I was able to find my copy or find a copy of Battle and Wonder World. Um, the Game Stops near me. I was looking for the PlayStation Four release. The Game Stops near near me only got one copy of the PlayStation Four version, um, and uh, they were. Uh, sold out the pre-order was sold out at every location i called so so i was like oh okay <laughs> interesting uh but best buy had one copy so i went ahead and ordered that uh, and then went and picked it up so but yeah battle wonder world i if you didn't see i streamed it a bit this weekend i didn't actually make a formal web website post for it i forgot to do that i need to do that at some point uh probably have it notify the website like on tuesday maybe um but anyways i i had went ahead and, and played uh all of that one night i streamed like maybe about four hours of it on stream. And then I got off stream. I was like, I'm going to come back to this. And I was like, actually, maybe I'm just going to keep playing this. <laughs> and I stayed up uh, pretty much most of the night um, uh, finishing it off. And I, I really enjoyed it. You know, the game has problems. It has all the same problems that I think people have mentioned before. Obviously, the movement's a little improved in the day one patch. But I, I don't think it's enough difference that people really um, would have changed their mind. I think there's one thing that I think would maybe improve somebody's opinion and that's just um getting getting more involved in different levels because that first level in the game is not particularly great and i think one of the more satisfying elements of that game is uh when you start going to different worlds and you get more costumes and you can bring those costumes back to other worlds and and like solve problems and things like that in in those other worlds and that's not necessarily like hey they built something for you to solve using this costume but you have more movement capabilities and things like that. So you can do things where you can like kind of navigate the round a little, the world a little more effectively. And sometimes you don't even need like the costume they asked you to, uh, you, or they're asking you to use to get a trophy you can just use whatever other trophies or other costumes you have to kind of find a way to get to that trophy usually that involves like platforming um the sheep is kind of the early uh you know platforming uh i, I don't know what the right word would be but but the most valuable early on platforming uh, uh costume for sure and uh, a lot of the game I, I would use the sheep to kind of float around a little bit you know go to some ledges that were a little bit out of the, the way but i was still able to get like enough height so i could float down to him and things like that so um i think if you if you do play the battle wonder world demo at some point i would recommend getting to the the other levels and just kind of trying that mix and match approach because i think that's really where that game's strength is um so yeah but i i finished it and really enjoyed it though it's definitely that yuji naka style um and and flair i'm gonna go ahead and try to fairly quickly put together a video for that game um it's probably not gonna be a review and this might be you know kind of a test run of what I want to do for videos in the future. And keep in mind, this is my first time. Like, just if, if the Battle of Wonder World video does not turn out good, it is not the end all be all right. This is just the first time me trying to do this. But basically, I think about instead of doing like a, a full review, basically um, focus on what I think is interesting in a game. Because, because what I get a lot of times back from people is that like, um, you know, I don't agree with your opinion and I don't buy the games that you talk about, right? Um, but I find your opinion on things interesting. So it's like, it's like, I do all this, I feel like I do all this, like, you know, uh, 
being really careful with my words and things like that in, in reviews where I'm trying so hard not to give you a false impression of a game. Um, and, and so like I spend like the whole second half of a review being like, hey, here's all the problems with these games and things like that. And and at some point I'm like, do I really need to go as in-depth as I do on those problems? Like maybe not. Maybe I can just reference the fact that they're there and then you know there are other resources out there. There are plenty of videos criticizing Battle and Wonder World out there and saying it's terrible. So like I don't really need to tell you exactly what's wrong with the game because I think there are plenty of videos out there that tell you exactly wrong what's wrong with the game. I think the big thing is just making sure I don't deny those issues, right? Like like recognizing them, don't don't hide them or anything like that. Just say, "Hey, this game has problems." Give a brief summary of those problems, and if somebody really cares enough, they can go like look at other reviews of the game to figure out what those problems are. I don't think people are coming to me for purchasing advice. Um, so, I mean, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but that's the general impression I get from people who have talked to me about my videos. <laughs> um, so, so yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so we'll try that. We'll see how it goes, and because it's going to be a short turnaround time, there's a chance that it might not be great for that regard either, but we'll see. I shouldn't talk it down too much when I haven't even finished it. I basically scripted it out, and, you know, with most of my videos, the initial draft is terrible, so still still working on that one. Uh, but I, I think I'll try at the very least to get it out by Saturday at the latest. I'm not making a commitment to that, but that, I think that would be my goal. I kind of want to strike while the iron's hot. Um, one, because it's in the conversation at the moment, at least to some extent, still. And the other thing is, is that, you know, while I, while I like Battle and Wonder World, I don't necessarily love it either. So while I always want to make like a video as best as it can be, I'm going to do something experimental where it might not turn out great um, or might come kind of turn out to be underwhelming. Um, I think like something like this would probably be the time to do it um, just to see how it goes. And then, you know, from there, when I have something I do actually care about, I can know not to do what I did in this video or at least learn some lessons, right? So we'll see how it goes. Anyways, I'm like 140 trophies out of 300 in that game with trophies being basically the Mario stars in that game. Um, I, I don't think I'm going to 100% it. I wouldn't mind doing so, but I think I'd rather move on to other things at this point. But we'll see. We'll see. I think, the, again, my main goal right now is to try to just get that video out for Battle of Wonder World and, and we'll see how it goes. So try to look out for that. I'll probably schedule it just like I did last time for the disaster video. So you'll have a heads up before it actually uh, goes live. When I was going to get uh, Battle of Wonder World from Best Buy, there was actually a mall right beside there. And um, I went ahead and, and like walked over there because right inside the mall, there was something called a pack zone. And I was like, what is the pack zone? And I went in there and it's like a Namco arcade, apparently. And I was like, oh, interesting. And I was like in this mall and it's like this really, it's it's almost like a, a, in some ways like a mini round one, but also kind of feels like a knockoff round one. There's like this game called Neon FM they have there. And I think it's like a Western developed game, but it sure looks like uh, something that came out of Korea or something like that. It's just like, like it has this like very DJ Max aesthetic to it. Um, or something like that. It, it's 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 weird. Um, I didn't actually play anything in there. I just kind of looked around to see what they had. Um, it, it, there's nothing really that, that that like jumped out at me there. There's like one of those um, like, what is that crocodile game where you like hit the buttons or whatever. There was one of those there. I was like, oh, that's that's a fun game. I I I, I enjoy that video game. Um, there's like a Kung Fu Panda boxing machine. So well, there weren't exactly classic hits there uh, or anything like super like. There was there wasn't like you know school of Ragnarok there or something like that, but um it was interesting. I, I wouldn't mind going back at some point, maybe spending a little time there and actually playing some stuff, uh but not right now. <laughs> maybe maybe in the future we'll see. 
Um, but yeah. Oh, speaking of uh, rhythm games a little bit, um, there was a trailer for uh, Love Live School. Let me get the full name here. Love Live School Idol Festival After School Activity YY Home Meeting which is a PlayStation 4 downloadable title. It's a rhythm game that's download only. Um, and it looks like, you know, it looks like basically what those other Love Live games are on like mobile phones. Like, you know, you have the, the circles around the screen and you kind of tap and that, you know, you play the music that way. It's, it's kind of like nine buttons, I think, or something like that. And this looks like just basically a port of that kind of, I think like it might literally be a port of the arcade version of the game, actually. I'm not 100% sure on that. It is a, a free-to-play download, I'm pretty sure, and you kind of buy songs from there. So I might check it out. The main reason I'm curious about it is I recall when I was in Japan that I think the game used cards to some degree. So I'm curious to see what that home conversion looks like. Like, what, like are the cards a part of that home conversion still? Or is it a, is it a separate thing? I actually don't know if the mobile version has cards. I assume the mobile version uses gotcha. So that probably replaces the cards. I have not played that Love Live mobile game basically since it came out. So, and I, I did not really play it even back then. I just kind of looked at it. It was like, huh, this is a thing. Um, so, because that was before Love Live really, really took off, I think, in the, in the West. Um, but yeah, I might give it a look just to kind of, just out of curiosity's sake. You know, I, I do like games that I, that again, I call fashion rhythm. I feel like I, I explain this every week. Like I, I, I like games that I call fashion rhythm games, which are essentially collectible card games, like a Tokadol, like Ikatsu and things like that. Um, so I'm kind of curious to see what that conversion looks like, uh, going into from, from, you know, the arcade to home. So maybe I'll poke around with it with a little, a, a little bit. Anyways, in terms of news this week, um, Final Fantasy XI-R finally got officially canceled. I don't really have too much more to say than what I said back in, I think, like, December when it was rumored that it was canceled. You know, some of my thoughts, basically, PC version got more um, more consistent user base, so so there wasn't as much of a immediate fear that that game was going to be shut down. Sounds like there's a fan base that keeps coming back to that game, and they've had their subscription numbers up. They've also, you know, increased doing uh, increased the amount of content they're printing the game. They started doing story content. I did a little bit of that story content a while ago, and you know, it seems it seems like a standard quest line in that game. So so it didn't look any, like anything too fancy. Um, but you know, given that that game is you know I don't know how many years old now at this point. It was 2001 so we're getting close to like 19 years um you know it's, it's not too surprising that thing is is not getting the budget <laughs> um to make any real major content but you know for people who are still playing that game i'm sure that's like a really exciting thing to get some new plot finally especially after the game kind of officially ended with uh uh, Rhapsody's uh, Vanadeel, um, as well. So rip Final Fantasy 11 R on mobile phones. Uh, I'll be curious to see how long FF 11 continues to run. I think EverQuest one on PC still runs. So maybe we'll end up in a situation where it, Final Fantasy 11 is also just kind of forever around. <laughs> it would be nice because, you know, the, that's kind of the only piece of Final Fantasy 11 that really still exists because of the, all the mobile stuff got canceled. <laughs> um, so, so, you know, as, as long as the servers are up, that's the only way you can kind of officially interact with any official Final Fantasy 11 content that isn't just like crossover content, right? I haven't really checked in on their, on their digest recently to see like if they've talked any further about what the current state of the game is or anything like that. But, but yeah. And you probably heard about this one. There's also was a report out there that uh, basically Sony was planning on shuttering stores for the PS3, PlayStation Vita, and PSP. Uh, I think the PSP stores to some degree may have uh, closed down. I think it was like a limited closed down, if I recall correctly. It's like, maybe it was like on the actual console it was, it was shut down, the PSP console, but you could still buy them on like PS3 and PC maybe. 
I'd have to go back and, and look at it. But but as far as um, we understand with this, this is like an actual shuttering of the store. So you wouldn't be able to buy new PlayStation 3 uh, uh, digital games, PlayStation Vita digital games, or PSP digital games. Um, it's a little up in the air on what this means for like, you know, general services for the PlayStation, uh, uh, those PlayStation platforms specifically. You know, is online multiplayer going to be affected at all? Are service-based or, you know, services on there going to be affected at all? Things like patching and things like that. Um, it's it's really interesting uh, to kind of see this all kind of <laughs> uh, go. It'll be interesting to see all this go over if it comes true. Technically, this is not officially announced yet, but the the report seemed to be um, accepted as 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 largely true. Um, you know, I there's definitely things I could buy off the PlayStation Store for all those platforms. But it just—I think they're just the stores are just too big to go through. I think the nice thing about WiiWare and Virtual Console is that that was something that I could sit down in a afternoon and I could kind of flip through everything in there and kind of pick and choose what I wanted to to grab. PlayStation Store is not really that, um, and and you know there's kind of a lot of cruft on there, right? There's a lot of like themes and things like that. Um, there might be a couple games I might go out of my way to pick up, maybe once they you know officially announce that this is something that's happening, um, but. We'll see. I did. I am curious to see what the uh, kind of backup scene for this looks like or the piracy scene, I guess you could say, or mod community. That's probably the better word to use. Um, you know, WiiWare and Virtual Console were really heavily backed up by the time that, that those services shut down. There isn't anything, as far as I'm aware, that's really missing from those platforms. You can get the WADs or the, what you actually install on your on your Wii uh, to install those games uh, through through methods as you need to, right? Um, I don't really know much about PlayStation hacking and modding at this point. Vita hacking is something I need to do at some point for my PlayStation Vita TV, if only because those memory cards are just dying left and right, it seems like. And I, I don't really want to invest in a new memory card when that could very much still be a problem. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I, I, I kind of take some, I don't know, I have some comfort in this happening, especially if everything's kind of backed up at this point, um, where, you know... I. I'm a little worried about hacking a system like the PlayStation 3, PSP, and Vita because I have an account associated with it, right? So potentially, and again, I, I have no idea what this would look like or, or if this is realistic, but you know, potentially my my account could be, you know, identified by Sony as as doing something with hacking and stuff like that, and then get it shut down across all all Sony platforms. So that's that's been my biggest fear in modifying my systems up until this point on PlayStation platforms. Um the Wii obviously was not really didn't really have an account system for it, so it wasn't really a big deal. Um and for 3DS and Wii U, I went and bought cheap consoles to kind of uh, get around that so I could make a new account, basically, and then just, you know, have that account on my hacked system without dealing with the the, the, the potential fallout of if this account gets flagged, you know, that I have just like this flag on all of my accounts going forward with Nintendo. So it kind of makes it feel like I'm like, okay, now I can finally hack these systems, you know, <laughs> like I can finally do what I want to do with these things and up. Uh, and get them, uh, you know, hacked so I can do things like, you know, play the the translated version of Valkyrie Chronicles 3. Um, you know, PlayStation TV, TV games, I wouldn't mind. You know, I have physical copies of some games that I don't necessarily want to buy them again digitally and be able to just, like, throw the, the, the ROM or ISO, I guess, on there for PSP games uh, and just play it that way it would be easier than having to, you know hook up a PSP via a, a video out cable and stuff like that, which I, which I do have the capabilities of doing. It's just not ideal. So anyways, I, I feel like mainstream platforms like this are probably 
generally going to be safe um, in terms of you know preservation and things like that. So so I'm not too worried about it. Um, I think of mobile stuff mainly when I think of of platforms that are going away and and this how scary those are. Um, you know, there's a lot of old cell phone games that aren't really backed up and things like that. Um, and, and it's interesting to see the people who are in that space try to preserve that stuff, uh, especially if it has like a server connection to it and, or server requirement. I'm kind of curious for modern mobile games, like how how useful like an APK is. Or, I think that's what's called like the installer for Apple app games, like APKs. Um, how effective those are in terms of like, you know, preserving something. Like could you theoretically create a server and run a, a game just using that APK or is there something else that you need to get from the server and things like that. So uh, I don't really know if there's any kind of hacking scene on mobile devices like that, where you can get like old, like mobile games up and running. Um, I just haven't really looked into it. It's the reality. There are some switch titles I was looking at that, this week that I thought was, were kind of interesting. One being a game that I saw a while ago, but, but initially didn't think it was that important enough to, to kind of talk about. And that's for you fishing fighters, the master of Mizugami. Um, if you look at this game, it basically looks like, uh, any kind of cheap budget fishing game. Like, I feel like fishing games have not evolved from the point of Sega bass fishing in terms of, of, uh, uh, graphical capabilities and this game does not uh not break that trend but <laughs> but what was interesting is they put out a multiplayer trailer for this game so um basically it's a split screen multiplayer i'm guessing it's not online but i don't think it's specified in the uh the the trailer at all and um you, essentially each player chooses their lure um and, or i guess like a series of equipment there's like a bunch of uh, equipment slots you could change it's all in japanese so i didn't really pay too much attention to what you're actually changing um and then you can like pick where you want to fish on the lake so everybody's like placing their 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 like territory of where they're gonna fish and then they do like competitive fishing and obviously you know there's not a lot or at least it's, it's a fairly realistic fishing game so there's not a lot of player interaction as far as i can tell it's more of just you know trying to get the best setup and then and then pulling fish in from from wherever you set up and, and doing it quickly um but it, it's kind of interesting because the the it still tries to go for that kind of relaxing fishing vibe but it's like this four player competitive thing so like it's everybody just sitting there with split screens it's quiet you just hear the water like you know making water noises right like that, that more of uh ambient noise and then like all of a sudden somebody catches a fish and then like it pulls it like plays some some intense music as soon as somebody starts reeling a fish um so it was interesting to see i would never play it probably but the idea of a competitive fishing game uh, something that I think is kind of a neat idea. I, I have not seen a competitive fishing game before. Maybe this is something that exists and it's just one of those things that I just am ignorant of um, and, and never seen before. But I just saw it and was like, oh man, that's that's a cool uh, cool thing. <laughs> um, there are like anime character portraits, but it feels very much like, uh, if you remember like family, those family series on the Wii, WiiWare, we actually played Family uh, Pirate Party on, on stream. I think a little bit of that where it's like, the character portraits just kind of like these like these generic anime characters and the models just look not amazing uh family pirate party probably looks better than than uh fishing fighters in terms of aesthetic appeal visual like technically fishing fighters is probably a better looking game but but just like it, it it's got this very low budget look in a way that's that's uh pretty rough but i i like the idea of that that multiplayer mode at the very least um single player didn't really seem to have anything interesting in it and that's why i didn't really talk about it in the past um because everything i saw the single player just like yep this is a fishing game also there was finally a release date announced for every day today's menu from the emia family i think this is like a um what's that series called 
type moon or something. <laughs> I forget the name. I don't know much about anime, <laughs> um, but uh, it, it, it's based off like that type moon series or whatever. What is the name of that? Fate, Fate series. There we go. Fate. Only like the biggest mobile game for a long time. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so they're putting out this cooking mini game thing. Um, I was a little, I'm a little, I haven't looked at the game in a while. They did put out a new trailer, but apparently they region locked it and I was too lazy to try to, you know, get around the region locking of on YouTube. Um, but apparently there's only like eight mini games in the title. So that's, that seems a little low. Um, I feel like cooking mama and stuff like that in the past has had significantly more than eight. Um, but I assume they're just going to, you know, combine them in different ways. You're going to cut different types of meats and things like that. Um, you know, I, again, assume I, I, I have not looked at the new trailer for the game to say if that's what it still looks like today. Um, but, uh, they did mention that they were going to do an English release, but they didn't say if the English release was going to be with the Japanese version. So, so I don't know if it's going to be like a day and date kind of thing, or if it's going to be, um, you know, down the line or, or, or what it might be a case of like, um, Kaminazo, uh, that, that paper game I played, the paper puzzle game. I don't think that ever officially came out on the US eShop. I need to double check. Um, but the, it had English built into it already. So it could be one of those cases where you could just switch to English uh, in the game itself. Uh, but yeah, the release date's on April 28th. Um, I might check it out. We'll, we'll see. I'll have to see how much it costs, honestly. Probably more than anything. Um, I, I bought that yeah, Yuzu... Was that user kit? Laid back camp. Um, I bought that thinking that it was going to be something that was a little more involved on the Switch, you know, maybe using those gyro controllers in a way. You know, it was a VR game, so I was like, oh yeah, maybe they just like map the VR controls a little bit to the gyro controllers. Um, but that was really not what the case was in that case. So so maybe something like this would be a, a more of a um uh more of what I was looking for over over laid back camp. Just like I like those weird mini-game motion controls for things like um, that, that kind of are mimicking you using hands to do things like cooking or something like that. I didn't ever play the cooking mama on the switch at all to say how that was. I think that's the one that got delisted if I recall correctly due to some licensing issues. So, so yeah. And one other thing I saw was Mina no Oshaberi chat. I think that's how you pronounce it. I, I, it would probably be easier to pronounce it if I had the actual Japanese listed out in front of me rather than this romanization of what I copy and pasted. Uh, but it basically translates to everyone's talking chat. Uh, this will never be relevant here in the US. Um, but basically, it was a chat software for the 3DS that could also integrate into uh, mobile devices. So you could go ahead and talk to, you could have kids on the 3DS uh, doing uh, text chat. And it seems like probably also voice chat. Um, and, and they could talk to their parents via the mobile device as well. So it's like this kind of enclosed chat app kind of thing on the on the platform i'm kind of surprised because i feel like nintendo generally doesn't want people chatting on their their platform um but yeah they're basically porting that over to the switch uh they said because of the high demand uh apparently it's like seven years ago is when they released it on the 3ds so so i don't know if this is like a like app for phones first and foremost and this this switch app is like a bonus thing on top of it um, but, but yeah, it's an interesting little thing. I hadn't really heard of it before. Um, it very much just looks like kind of a not line knockoff. Uh, you know, it's a lot of, you know, kind of, uh, colorful word bubbles. There's like stickers and things like that. And like I mentioned before, you can do voice chat in the switch version. Um, and, and same thing with the switch version. You can, you can talk to mobile devices as well. So the, the video shows them like calling their parents or whatever. And their parents being like, ah, hello, kind of thing using their mobile. I, I, I held like a handset. If you're not watching the video, I had like a handset hand motion in front of my face when really it's like a mobile phone. So it's like, it shouldn't be a handset. <laughs> um, anyways, but, um, 
yeah, I just thought it was kind of interesting to see. I hadn't really heard of it before. And the fact that it was on 3DS for seven years and I was not aware of it was, was kind of an interesting thing. Um, so, you know, if now, look, if Microsoft ruins Discord after they buy it, you know where to find me. It has pro controller support as well, weirdly enough. I was, I was on the product page like, oh, pro controller support. Um, it definitely seems marketed more towards girls at least, or at least in the trailer. Every person in the trailer was either a young girl or it was like a mother talking to them over the over their phone or whatever. So definitely seems more kid-oriented and, and, and maybe more towards um, younger girls specifically. But I'm, I'm kind of curious if that was the case of the 3DS one as well, but I, I'm too lazy to look. <laughs> this will probably be the last time I think of everybody's talking chat, but I just thought it was interesting. So, so yeah. Anyways, that's it for this week. Thanks for coming. OneControlPort.com is the website. Like I said earlier, I'm going to try to get that Battle of Wonder World video done as soon as I possibly can. Um, you know, we'll see how it goes. It's been a while since I've done like a quick turnaround video, especially one about a particular game. It's not probably going to be a full review, so just keep that in mind. Um, but yeah, I'll try to get that out and I'll try to get let you guys know uh, via either the Discord... I haven't really talked about it too much on the podcast, I feel like, but the One Control Port Discord, if you go to the website, in the top right corner, there's a One Control Port Discord link you can select, and you can join the Discord if you want. You can see me just randomly paste stuff in there. You can see me, you know, I don't know. I put stream notifications in there, too, if you want to see when streams are happening. that, that I post that in there, so you can do that, too. Uh, do you need to join my Discord? Absolutely not, <laughs> but, but you can if you want. Um, you know, it's up to you. You choose, you choose the life you live. Don't ask me what you should do with your life. I'm not your father. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, and then, uh, yeah, that's, that Battle of Wonder World thing is really the the, the, the short-term immediate plan. Uh, so, you know, while I'm doing that, the Billy Hatcher video will be on hold. I think I will finish that Billy Hatcher video just because the script is so close to being done. Um, so it's just a matter of when I get to that and, you know... Yeah, I think it won't be too hard to edit the video together for that, but it's just not the priority and, and it's more of a holdover from, from before than it is something that I really plan to go out of my way to, to, you know, push or promote. Um, maybe if for some reason I get a lot of traffic on Battle of Wonder World, I can push, uh, uh, that video sooner and maybe people who, who jumped in on Battle of Wonder World would be interested in Billy Hatcher, but at the same time, I'm, I'm, I'm much more negative on Billy Hatcher than I am Battle of Wonder World. Billy Hatcher, worse than Battle of Wonder World, in my opinion. <laughs> um, um, so, so yeah, it's just, Billy Hatcher's, a, I think the big difference between Billy Hatcher and Battle of Wonder World is Billy Hatcher's frustrating and confusing. Battle of Wonder World's not frustrating or confusing. It's just kind of weird in its decisions. Uh, I think that's really the big difference more than anything. So, so, yeah. Anyways, um, and then still working on on kind of reworking the uh, stream graphic stuff. I didn't really get a chance to work on it this week, unfortunately. I'll try to put some more time into it because, but the Ballon video is going to take priority right now, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, I think I'm pretty much at the point that I can launch it, and honestly, I would like to go ahead and use the new stuff when I do the 3DS stream. I think we'll try to do a 3DS stream on Saturday, but we will see how things go this week. I think it's going to depend on how that Ballon video comes uh, comes across and 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 see if that uh, that gets finished up quickly or not. Uh, if not, this weekend may be dedicated to trying to wrap it up <laughs> and get it out as soon as possible. So I'll let you know about that 3DS stream, and then uh, hopefully we can use the new stream graphics of that stream too. And uh, otherwise, 
just same as usual quest 64 is going to be on thursday at 7 p.m pacific time i'm still enjoying quest 64 uh got a little lost last time we played it but hey there's a map in that game so that's something i should pay attention to a bit more although it's a little weird you have like an overworld map but not in a dungeon map so um you can't get like a map of where you're in a dungeon but you can you can tell like where you are in the world itself um so yeah it's a, it's a weird thing um and yeah that's it i hope you have a great week Bye.